Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. Great to welcome you along, whether you're listening live on a Sunday or one of the many thousands who download this and listen via podcast. It's great to have you along. If you are a regular listener, then you will recall my interview with Amanda Binden and Mike Royal, who were somewhat unique in being co-CEOs at the Cinnamon Project. Uh, the Cinnamon Project is the Christian charities version of Dragon's Den, where charities apply to receive funding to expand uh, the projects that they're already engaged with. Uh, so they launched uh, the 2020 Project Lab back in pre-COVID uh, February of this year, and uh, run the project just as always. And uh, just recently have announced that the two winners of that project and they've got other charities that are part of their what they call their incubation project so we thought it'd be good to chat with uh, amanda binden to uh, discover a little bit more about some of those charities and some of the leadership challenges that they're likely to face as they're going ahead so welcome back uh, amanda to the leadership file again Andy, it's a pleasure to be here Fabulous. Well, you you weren't to know about COVID, of course, when you launched the competition. I just wonder if the competition was ever in doubt as you um, anticipated it. No, I have to say uh, we'd, we were well on the way to actually finding uh, our searching for finalists. And so we just decided to carry on. What became in doubt was when we would actually have the final, because normally we would hold the final face to face at Mercer's Hall in the City of London, who are one of our uh, partners on this event and it, clearly in June that was never going to happen. So we uh, spent the summer watching and uh, waiting to see what would happen and it became very clear by about I suppose August that we simply weren't going to be able to do that. So we moved the event uh, to November and we did an event online on the 9th of November where the finalists had an opportunity uh, to present a film they had made of their projects and then answer questions of judges. And what's exciting about doing things online is it opened the event to a whole lot of people who wouldn't want normally to have traveled to come to the event who could join us online. So it was a, a very exciting evening. Uh, there's obviously the sadness of the recent time, but some have seen the the benefits and the, the bonuses that have uh, accrued. So that's lovely to hear. So talk to me about the kind of number of applications and uh, that kind of thing. Yes, I think what was interesting is uh, this year's theme, um, and I have to say probably you can feel God's sense in it, is that we were talking about the whole um, area of housing and homelessness and uh, building communities. And what became very apparent from the very early days of the pandemic is just how important this was. And that actually, if there was one theme that had emerged out of 2020 in the pandemic, um, our housing uh, situations and the communities in which we live, it was absolutely vital. And I think I was really thrilled about the fact that the Archbishop of Canterbury in his introduction to Project Lab this year, because we've worked with them um, and Mercer's, uh, who I've mentioned earlier, and Andrew's Charitable Trust, he just said, you know, actually, that has been one of the overriding things that has made people uh, look at, uh, at their environments. And so we feel that it was a really pertinent theme to have for the year. And what I think is, for me, a very uncomfortable fact is that 8.4 million people in the UK are living in unaffordable, insecure and unsafe accommodation. 
And even more frightening that since 2010, there's been a 74% increase in the number of people in temporary accommodation across England. So if there's ever been a, a more uh, pressing subject that we need to tackle, it is the whole area of housing and homelessness. One of the people who's been acting as one of our judges on this has been a gentleman called John Kurt, who's the government's uh, advisor on rough sleeping. And he's been very instrumental in, in our thinking in the fact that he talks so much uh, about the spectrum of the, uh, the help offered to people who are homeless. And what people often see is the, 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 the uh, tip of the iceberg, which is the people who are sleeping on the streets. And, and um, he says, you know, that they get very, the, the help they're getting is very Instagrammable. But actually what that doesn't do is really tackle the root of the problem. And therefore the projects we've been seeking out this year have actually been to looking at people who really tackle the root of why people are homeless and how that we can get them into long-term accommodation with all the benefits that that brings. It must be a big challenge to have to select a few projects from the many that I'm sure were very worthy in their um, application to you. Can I ask how, how easy it was to, to whittle it down? Oh, golly, Andy, what a difficult job. So we were amazed. We had the same number of applications at, um, and short shortlisting projects as we did in the previous year, which against the pandemic was amazing. And uh, so the panel of judges, including people like Lynn Cullens from the Church of England Housing Commission, John Kurt, who I've already talked about, uh, Cindy Souza, who's a CEO of a, a housing association, and Bishop Luen, Llewellyn Graham, who is also CEO of a, a, a Nehemiah United Churches Housing Association, plus uh, Sean Edwards from Andrews Charitable Trust and Anne Wynne from Mercers, uh, plus Mike Royal and myself and Mark Kitson, who runs the project for us, met several times to actually look at that long list, then whittle it down to a short list before the, we met for the final. And what we look at, and, and I think when you're looking at leadership, these are the sort of qualities you have to think about is, you know, what, uh, what potential have those leaders to grow and develop that project? Uh, have they the ability, therefore, to um, uh, plan it, uh, have a sound plan that's capable of being replicated? Um, what's the originality of, of the plan? And how easy would it be to uh, convey that to other people and make them as passionate as these leaders are about that project so that they can pick it up and run it elsewhere? So it's not an easy job judge, judging this. And, and we're very thankful for those people who've given their time and their expertise to help us. So two winners receive £30,000? Yes, they do. So our, our two winners uh, are Radiant Cleaners from Nottingham and uh, also um, uh, uh, Housing for All, sorry, Hopeful Housing Surgery from South East London, um, run by a lady called Adiola. So they are winners of £30,000 uh, development grant, but also they now start on a two-year incubation programme with us. And uh, the other uh, finalists also have the opportunity to join them on that programme. And actually, when you talk to previous winners, and I know uh, on Premier you have interviewed some of them in the past, they have said that this uh, programme is actually what makes the real difference. It's the, the coaching, it's the, uh, the working with your peers, plus the specialist training on a number of areas. And it's that journey 
over two years, which will actually help them grow so that they can actually go out and replicate. And hopefully what you'll see is some of these projects nationwide in the future. Uh, so, Amanda, we can uh, look a little bit more detail at uh, the, the, t- the two winners, but maybe just talk in a more broad sense about uh, how the last six months has been for you as the Cinnamon Project. I understand a number of your uh, webinars and other activities have been possible online. Yes, um, we do a lot of face-to-face work. And I think when we uh, started at the beginning of the pandemic, the challenge was, well, how did we actually continue to do the work we've always done and actually uh, help those churches we were working with? But also, actually, we suddenly realised this was a huge opportunity to actually be able to work with a greater number of churches. So we moved all our, our, our work online. So we now run a series of webinars where our advisors are able to talk about their specialist areas, but we can also bring in other people to talk uh, about that those areas too. And then we follow that up with a series of uh, training programmes, which we can do online, and uh, also now forums, which gives a, an opportunity for a smaller group of people to come together and really discuss an issue in depth with uh, experts from the area. So those three things have actually been incredibly effective for actually uh, increasing the, the reach of cinnamon uh, out into the churches. And we have been really amazed uh, by that. And we are very thankful for the opportunities that it's given us. After the break, we'll talk a little bit more about radiant cleaners and uh, hope for housing surgery in South East London. So you're listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Amanda Binden. Amanda, along with Mike Royal, are the co-CEOs of The Cinnamon Project. And we're talking particularly about the uh, 2020 Project Lab that they've just completed. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Amanda Binden. Uh, Amanda and Mike Royal are co-CEOs of The Cinnamon Project, and they've just finished their uh, 2020 Project Lab. Uh, and they've had the, the, the two winners. It's a, um, If you're unfamiliar with this, it's a Dragon's Den-like approach uh, where charities apply for uh, to become finalists and to win some of the money. And, and also, and we'll talk about this as well, have opportunity to, uh, to have expert insight into uh, their uh, approach to uh, charitable work and their organisational structures, etc. So um, let's talk first of all then, Amanda, about the two, the two winners. It was good to see the breadth of of the country that was covered, and indeed uh, Scotland as well, <laughs> by um, by the different uh, projects who were involved. So, uh, talk to us about Radiant Cleaners in Nottingham first of all. Yes, I think uh, Radiant Cleaners in Nottingham is, is such an exciting project, and uh, Matt, who leads it, uh, is very passionate about it. And uh, what impressed us was that uh, they actually have made the connection between unemployment and homelessness and realise that actually if you get people into uh, regular employment, a lot of the associated issues that have led them to being in difficult housing situations uh, are sorted. And um, I I have to say the story he tells about Bill, and I will not do it the justice that he does, uh, really struck us and the, uh, as a judging panel. So basically what uh, Matt says is that Bill came to their church to collect a food parcel. And what he said is that when Bill collected that food parcel, he really didn't understand that um, uh, that actually this was going to be the beginning of a longer relationship with the church. And um, as Matt said, when the food runs out, the issues don't go away. 
And so what uh, Radiant Cleaners has been done is it's set up to provide jobs at the real living wage um, and a mentoring uh, system too, to ensure that people can tackle the off, uh, the, uh, the issues that have often left them being unemployed. And that can be homelessness, it can be addiction, or it can be trouble with the police. And so what happened is uh, they started a relationship with, uh, with Bill and he came to work for them. And it was, he was 52 when he uh, started his first job, 35 years after he left school with no qualifications. And that made local headlines. And well, the story goes on, which is what I love about this story, is it's just, it has such depth to it and it resonates on so many levels, is uh, a couple of months after Bill had started working for Radiant Cleaners, um, his son, Marcus, came to see them and said, He'd seen the transformation that had happened in his father's life and he'd love to have a job too. And he was somebody who'd also left school with no qualifications and, and really had never thought of work as something he might want to do. And he has now joined uh, the Radiant Cleaning team. And so there you've got a, a story of a, a project that is actually breaking uh, the whole uh, uh, chains of, of serial unemployment through generations of the same family. And I, I just I just love that story. And, and for me, what makes it all come together is uh, what Matt shared with us is that actually his church building used to be the old job centre in his area. Well, wow, this is fabulous. And presumably cleaners is in the title because that's the kind of work that they end up doing, is it? Yes, um, so Radiant Cleaners is the name of the company. They employ them to begin with as cleaners and then they can move up to supervisors. But what they give them is a track record of employment and a mentoring process. So actually quite often what happens is that people move on from them to do other jobs and to go into uh, more, uh, more career jobs where they can uh, develop a long-term uh, career prospects so it's a stepping stone for a lot of people into uh, other employment oh that's a fab fabulous story thank you amanda and and so the other winner was hope for all housing surgery in southeast london again, again homelessness being the theme of course of this particular uh, lab this year yes and uh, adiola who runs it is is one of the most passionate people you could ever uh, meet and i think what she speaks about so clearly uh, is that nobody should be homeless regardless of whether it's pandemic or winter that they see that uh, this is a project that tackles homelessness long term and what they seek to do is they seek to uh, increase people's understanding of their uh, rights around the whole issue of tenancy and the disputes that often result with people becoming homeless and she tells very movingly the story of, uh, of somebody, she doesn't actually name them, she just calls them Lady X, who approached them because she was uh, facing eviction. And what they did was help her by working through all the paperwork that you have to have when you have a tenancy. And they realised that the landlord had never given her all the documentation that she should have had. And as a result of that, they actually managed to get her eviction stopped. And what we found particularly good about this project is it's offering people very, very practical help. It's very straightforward and it protects people from being evicted uh, and makes them in a position where they have secure tenancies. And I think what this 
project says is it's a project that is something that can be easily replicable uh, across the country and actually maintain uh, people in, in housing rather than facing more and more uh, uncertain housing conditions where they feel increasingly powerless. That's great to hear, Amanda. Great to hear. So the beauty of your approach is obviously you've got the winners, but then there's also others who are able to benefit your experience. They don't get the money, but they do get others. So can you mention the other finalists and also particularly looking at how Project Lab kind of incubation situation works over a two year period? Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, So uh, we have two other projects that are going to travel on the incubation uh, programme with the two winners and uh, there's uh, Cambridge Pace and what they do is they design and build micro homes to serve the homeless of the city and provide on the job skills, training and experience to enable people to find a future as well as a home. And this modular housing that they develop uh, can go on unused land and it's a very simple design or and construction which means that actually uh, the, the people learn to do construction skills but you also have these little micro homes and we were so impressed by that um, and the fact that I what I like was the care and attention they've made to the design of the building so um, they've actually thought about things so if you they, the living and kitchen area um, if you've got a visitor they can then access the bathroom without having to go near the, the person who's living there's bedroom area which just it talks a great of thoughtfulness about somebody and how they want to live so I think that's a, a great project and we're excited about working with that one and then we you mentioned earlier that we've gone really nationwide because we've actually got a project from Scotland um, Ricky McHaggart leads uh, Street Connect and uh, basically what they do is they meet people where they are and then they journey with them. And what they do is they find often that people end up through job loss and relationship breakdown, they end up on the street, often then begging to perhaps feed an addiction habit. And what they provide is an operation where they uh, start a a drop-in and then they encourage people to go to rehab and then perhaps mission trips and then onto move on temporary accommodation to get them into permanent accommodation and also uh, then employment so it's really good to see some a project like that actually meeting where people where they are with all their frailties and their problems and actually journeying with them to give them a more stable and brighter future and so all these folk have the opportunity to journey for a couple of years so in in the kind of four or five minutes remaining perhaps you could just outline the kind of from a leadership angle, the kind of things you tackle? Yes, so it's a two-year incubation programme. We're starting it next week, so we'd love prayers for the the team that are coming together next week to provide the training and also the projects that will come to the training. And what happens is we have, uh, each year we have a a week's residential. This year the residential is obviously by Zoom, um, but hopefully next year we'll be actually face-to-face. And then they get bi-monthly one-on-one coaching sessions with a coach who stays with them for the entire two years. And then during the course of the programme, we deliver sessions and work with them on things as varied as concept development. So here's your idea, how do you develop it? How do you hone it? Sometimes actually people have to tighten their ideas down to, to make it replicable. And then we actually talk to them about how do you replicate model? What the, is the right model of replication for you? How are you going to go uh, and uh, make sure this idea can grow in, in new places? 
Um, there are also critical issues like fundraising. Um, it's something that charities have to do. It's the way uh, we need to put, they need to provide income to be able to do what they want to do. And, and, and that can often be very challenging for, for young, proje uh, young projects. We also talk to them about marketing and the two are very closely linked. And then the importance of teamwork and building a team with the right skills. And then one of the things that in this world we're increasingly being challenged about, uh, both in the commercial world and in the charity work, is about what impact does your organisation make and how do you monitor that and measure it. And it's really important when you're a startup charity that you embed these things very early on. And then we do some things that you expect for a, uh, for a Christian organisation. We talk about faith distinctiveness um, and how do you engage with the church. And uh, also the other thing that you want any charity to be done is you want to know that there is good governance in place and that it's well run. Uh, and we spend uh, a, a time talking to them about what that looks and feel like and also the benefits that that brings to them going forward. So it's a really holistic programme. And as part of that also, we are very happy to introduce them to people we know that we think they could benefit from and just generally work alongside them. And they have the benefit also of working with their peers. And that peer-to-peer -peer coaching is hugely important in this journey over the next two years. And Amanda, when uh, I mean, there may be some folk listening who are involved in a charity and are wondering whether they should apply to Cinnamon Project. So what would be the, as you look ahead, and we're just in the last minute or so of our, of our conversation, as you look ahead to, to 2021, what, what, what would be the mechanism that they would use to get in touch with you? Yes, well, um, obviously you can visit the website, which is cinnamonnetwork.co.uk. And if you go to the homepage, you'll see this year's Project Lab final up there if you'd like to watch it again or you feel uh, called to donate financially to any of the charities and support them on their journey. Um, next year, I think it's fair to say that the feel that we have at the moment as we're praying and thinking about what the theme should be for next year, uh, will I think would be around the whole issue of employability. Um, I think when you, when you listen to the news, the, there is going to be a large number of people made unemployed next year. And we feel we like to tackle the issues that are pertinent at that moment. And we think that God is leading us in that way to, to tackle those issues. So if you have uh, startup projects that you think will tackle that uh, issue, watch this space. Uh, I would imagine about February or March we'll be out there launching Project Lab 2021. And uh, hopefully I might be even at our SPAT to talk about it. Great. Well, thank you, Amanda, so much. So you've been listening to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. Uh, Amanda Binden from the Cinnamon Project have been talking about the, the 2020 Project Lab. And uh, thank you so much for all you've shared and for bringing a bit of light into a very dark, dark year to us. So thank you, Amanda. It's been a pleasure. And uh, thank you. I have to say journeying with these projects for me has been a highlight of the year. Oh, it's good to hear. Well, thank you. And thank you for, for listening. I look forward to your company again, either via the radio on a Sunday at four, or if you listen via podcast, I'm sure it'll be going to your listening device very, very soon. Thanks for tuning in.